Denise Densai. Here are the stories making headlines in the Philippines and across the globe. Two major private hospitals in Metro Manila announced they can no longer take in more COVID-19 patients. St. Luke's Medical Center says its hospitals in Quezon City and Taguig City have both reached full capacity of allocated intensive care unit beds for COVID-19 patients. It urges the public to consider bringing critically ill coronavirus suspects to alternative hospitals. Makati Medical Center also declares full capacity with regards to its capability to handle suspected and confirmed COVID-19 cases. It says the hospital's COVID-19 zones are now full. This is the second time this year that the hospitals made such an announcement. The first time was back in March. A further easing of lockdown restrictions in Metro Manila unlikely after July 15th. President Duterte's spokesman Harry Rocha says current data not indicate a transition from the general community quarantine to more relaxed protocols in the capital region. He adds new community quarantine classifications may be announced Wednesday, the same day when existing guidelines expire. The Duterte administration has also tapped four new czars to lead the country's fight against COVID-19. They are Bases and Conversion Development Authority Chief Vince Dizon, Baguio City Mayor Benjamin Magalong, Public Works Chief Mark Villar and Health Undersecretary Bong Vega. The four will help the government ramp up its efforts on COVID-19 testing, tracing, isolation and treatment. Nevada City here in Metro Manila will be placed under a 14-day lockdown. Mayor Tobitianco says the measure is aimed at curbing a spike in COVID-19 cases in the city. On Sunday, 31 residents tested positive for the disease. They're being isolated in quarantine facilities at the World Trade Center and the Philippine Arena. Tianco is appealing to residents to cooperate with authorities who will enforce the lockdown. The Philippines records over 4,300 new COVID-19 recoveries, the highest in a single day. The country's recovery tally breached the 20,000 mark Monday. But the health department also reports 65 new fatalities, the second highest for a single day. The death toll now nears 1,600. Overall cases have surpassed 57,000 as the country logs 836 new cases. That's a welcome decline from over 2,000 new cases reported on Sunday. Metro Manila's busiest railway, MRT-3, resumes operations on a limited capacity a week after it was shut down due to hundreds of COVID-19 infections among its personnel. A dozen trains were dispatched when operations resumed at 5.30 Monday morning. Passengers are required to observe physical distancing and fill out health declaration forms before boarding the train. They're also prohibited from talking inside the trains. All personnel, meanwhile, are wearing personal protective equipment. Last week, nearly 300 MRT-3 personnel, including ticket sellers, tested positive for COVID-19. The management of Manila's main airport sees no need to shut down operations, even after 32 of their personnel tested positive for COVID-19. Manila International Airport Authority General Manager Ed Monreal says the infected personnel are under quarantine. He adds there are enough health and safety protocols in place. The anti-trafficking offices at the Ninoy Aquino International Airport were placed under a two-week lockdown last week after some employees tested positive for the virus. 
The Philippine Central Bank will be pausing interest rate cuts for now to give the financial sector time to digest the cuts it has implemented so far. The current policy rate is already down to a historic low of 2.25%. Specifically, the central bank is waiting for quarterly data on the state of the economy, which will come out middle of August. It's also monitoring capacity utilization and the price of oil in world market. But central bank governor Ben Diokno assures the public inflation will not be a major concern for at least the next two and a half years. The World Health Organization reports another record increase in global COVID-19 cases. Infections rose by more than 230,000 on Sunday. The previous record was set on Friday when cases surged by 228,000. The pandemic has been accelerating since the start of July, with nearly 2.5 million cases officially declared. The global total is now approaching 13 million, another milestone in the spread of the disease that has killed over 569,000 people in a span of just seven months. Meanwhile, the U.S. state of Florida reports a record increase of more than 15,000 new COVID-19 cases. It has also broken New York's record of nearly 13,000 new cases on April 10th when the state was the epicenter of the U.S. outbreak. Florida remains one of the worst hotspots for the virus in the country. It is among a handful of states where coronavirus deaths are rising. In total, infections in the U.S. have now reached 3.3 million, while deaths have climbed to 135,000. South Africa introduces new restrictions as it battles rising coronavirus cases. Those measures include another ban on alcohol sales and nighttime curfew. The government has also made it mandatory to wear face masks in public. Top health officials have warned of impending shortages of hospital beds and medical oxygen in South Africa. For several days, the country has reported increases of more than 10,000 COVID-19 cases. It has the world's ninth highest number of total infections at over 276,000. Turning now to the latest in Hong Kong, hundreds of thousands of people cast their votes over the weekend in an attempt to narrow the field for pro-democracy candidates in this year's Legislative Council elections. Organizers say nearly 600,000 people voted across the city, far exceeding the 170,000 turnout estimate. The primaries were held two weeks after China imposed a sweeping national security law over the city. I think the significance of this result is not merely a process for Hong Kong, for the democratic camp to select their candidates to run in the official election. Hong Kong people, after all these years, since 2013, we have demonstrated to the world and also to the authority that we have not given up to strive for democracy for Hong Kong. Even though the new national security law has been enacted. Back here at home, the Philippines' new anti-terror law facing another legal challenge before the Supreme Court. A multi-sectoral alliance of progressive groups urges the High Court to declare Section 4 of the new law defining terrorism unconstitutional for being a vague provision which violates the Due Process Clause of the Constitution. The group also asks the High Court for a temporary restraining order. The law is expected to be enforced sometime later this month.
Malacanang admits the denial of a franchise for ABS-CBN, a network with the widest audience reach, leaves a void in public messaging. But President Duterte's spokesman, Harry Roque, says the administration respects the decision of the House Franchises Panel. The palace maintains President Duterte remains neutral on the issue. It also denies claims the non-renewal of ABS-CBN's congressional franchise was a dictatorial move. Well, miski po tayo manghinayang, eh, tapos na po ang usaang boxing. No? At uh, dumaan na po sa proseso, sangayin sa saligang batas, wala na po tayo magagawa. Well, let's move on. One of the 11 lawmakers who fought for ABS-CBN's franchise is in full support for a possible people's initiative or refiling a franchise renewal bill for the network. House Deputy Speaker Vilma Santos Recto says she's willing to sponsor another franchise renewal bill, but she doubts it will succeed given the current political climate. She has an appeal to fellow lawmakers and the Filipino people. Kailangan at this point in time, nagtutulungan tayo para makapagbigay po tayo ng isang malaking solusyon para po dito sa mga problemang dumarating sa bansa natin. This is, this is not the time to be heartless. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Nakikita natin ang sitwasyon. So hindi ito na sinasabi nilang nagdadrama, nagpapaawa. Of course na, huwag niyong isaral yung mga mata niyo and huwag niyong gamitin niyo rin yung puso niyo. An election lawyer, meanwhile, believes a people's initiative for a franchise for ABS-CBN may be a futile effort. Attorney Emilion Maranion says mobilizing a people's initiative will not only be time-consuming, but also very expensive. A people's initiative will trigger a national referendum whose scale and costs equal to that of a nationwide village elections. At the very least, kung 60 million yung ating registered voters, it will require at least 6 million signatures. And each of these signature has to be verified, meaning ikukumpara yan doon sa voter registration record isa-isa. So imaginein mo, 6 million signatures, gaano katagal mo mabiverify yan? So siguro umabot na ng 2022, hindi ka patapos sa verification. Especially considering yung COMELEC, COMELEC election officers, yung mga tao natin sa buong Pilipinas, they do not have actually the competence. Wala silang training as regards signature verification. But for De La Salle Law Dean and Human Rights Advocate, Chal Jokno, a people's initiative for an ABS-CBN franchise is still doable despite the obstacles. He says government is bound by the Constitution to give this to the people. Government has spent a lot of money on other less... Um, projects that have less benefit than this type of an exercise. This is really an exercise where the sovereignty of the people is, uh, becomes reality. An economist warns ABS-CBN's shutdown will have a domino effect on the Philippine economy. Calixto Chiquiampo says the House's move to deny ABS-CBN a franchise will spook investors who will consider Philippines a high political risk investment. He adds, shutting down ABS-CBN will affect the creative industry and its export potential. It certainly uh, makes a mockery of the government's program to uh, export culture, like what South Korea did after the Asian financial crisis with the K-pop and, you know, and, and movies. But uh, now they've shut down the biggest exporter of Filipino culture. The Philippine Stock Exchange on Monday halted trading on shares of the embattled media giant after its franchise bid failed in Congress last week. 
Nearly 700 media practitioners signed an online statement in support for ABS-CBN after a House panel denied the network's franchise bid. The group of journalists from different media outfits called the House committee's decision unjust and cruel as it threatens the livelihood of workers amid the pandemic. They point out the role of the journalist is to inform people and not to serve as a government's publicist. The group also warns history will surely be cruel to the 70 lawmakers who voted against ABS-CBN's franchise. And those were the latest. I'm Denise Densai. For more updates, subscribe to the ANC YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter.